Welcome to the Digital of the Section podcast, hosted by Mark Benke and myself, Joe Vinipal. We're two pop culture nerds dedicated to celebrating our favorite properties and talking to the creative minds and personalities that make them great. You might learn something new about pop culture history or rediscover the recent past. Follow us on social media for weekly pop culture content, where we're always dissecting. You know, Mark, it's a, it's a fine, fine summer night right now. So fine, makes you want to travel back to when the 21st century really kicked off and was only a year old. Oh, sorry, I interrupted you. <laughs> I mean, that, I mean we, could, we could party like it's 1999 or, or we could steal a car rob people do general vandalism and just horrible horrible things and repaint the car and see all of that stuff just disappear like it was 2001 okay okay once again mm-hmm. i was i was confused on timing because <laughs> it, it it's not the way it works joe that's not that's not how any of this works i mean i i to my knowledge from video games that's exactly how it works like how if i were to get like shot like probably four or five times all i have to do is wait like 10 seconds and i'm fine i was gonna say like do you think it would work that way if you put just for men on that it would throw the the police you know off your tail like <laughs> just a quick like, oh, that's not him hey no no that's that's <laughs> that's that's clearly someone else i, I we're don't sorry know sir is. we don't don't mean to bother you <laughs> yeah, well, like, we'll keep looking yeah. You you have the matching tattoos and scars, but your hair color just hmm. doesn't make any sense. No, there's there's yes. no way that could have changed. <laughs> <laughs> well, Joe, as you have tried to do, and I've gone mm-hmm. along too much with the banter, is we're trying to go back to the year 2001 to revisit, just in time for retro review, Grand Theft Auto 3. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, a, a, a fine time for video games, the year 2001. So if we were to look at like the world of video games right now, I mean, you, you're talking, this is like fresh PlayStation 2, Xbox, and GameCube time. So it's mm-hmm. just, just a heck of a next generation platform era. So, I mean, if you were to have Tomb Raider come out this year, uh, you, she wouldn't even have like the pyramid boobies anymore. Like mm-hmm. she could actually have rounded body parts and not not so like i say geometrical ones but really it's that's that's a that's the wrong term so yeah yeah the 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 angles would be much much more suited to where lighting could accentuate Mm -hmm. because they still would look pseudo minecraftian but better at this point in time (laughs) yep um yeah if Link were playing the Ocarina of Time, it wouldn't be like two triangles just holding the Ocarina. It would yeah. be a little more <laughs> squared off. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that that's the only thing that took me out of that game is when it's like it's like two pita chips holding it up and you're looking at it and you're like, 
Oh, man, it's the it's like, oh, It's because he's swaying that us know that he's playing music. Okay, okay, that sounds everything. <laughs> yes, yes. If you see me in public like this, the music is playing. Just, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Once again, for those for those not not using the the, uh, the video program, you should really check it out one of these days because all kinds of hand gestures, none of which are offensive. No. <laughs> Hopefully not. Well, Joe, let's let's get into that mode again because. Mm-hmm. I mean, good Lord, this was 22 years ago. Oof. Man, we're digging. We are I... digging this week. <laughs> well, that, that's mm-hmm. why I think it's important when we go back further to talk a little bit about the year of the game. Now, we're not going to be talking about these games extensively, but we are going to go through our list just to get us back into mm-hmm. the soup, back into 2001. And Joe, once again, will rapidly read off some of the other games that came out the very same year. We have Super Smash Brothers Melee, which uh, I believe yes. you're a fan of. I, I, I do enjoy that one. It was the one where my, my good buddy Vince Hoffman refused to play Super Smash Bros. with me anymore because I'd finally overtaken him. Mm, best mm-hmm. of him in combat. Yes. yes. Unfortunately, it, that was a good story. We actually talked a little bit about this during the Games That Made Us episode 100, for those of you that maybe didn't catch up on that week. Mm-hmm. Give, it a, give it a listen. Oh yeah, it was there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. for a uh, for a few quick hits, we've got Halo, which <sighs> holy shit, Halo came out. Halo, god, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the land uh, parties that followed. <laughs> oh, the virginity protected, absolutely. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Got... We also we also had Max Payne, which oh. um, not to be confused with a uh, a Mark Wahlberg movie uh, of the same name. <laughs> The, the frozen face Max Payne. Oh my gosh! Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which, oh man, he looked—he looked like some like a human form that was like shoved into one of those those gelatinous like loaves, you know, just just pushed into like a, like a like just a, a weird a piece mold of, of a human. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. Max mm-hmm. Payne brought to you by Spam. Yeah, he looked he, he looked kind of rough. Mm-hmm. Yep, <laughs> oh. and then we also had the third iteration of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater come out this year. Oh yes, mm-hmm. yes. If you played that game, you were a skater. I heard, or at uh, least yeah. you felt like one. Mm-hmm. You you didn't need to actually have a skateboard. And I actually very much remember um, playing that game at a Best Buy as a demo, wearing a mm. Make Seven Up Your shirt from. If you can remember that commercial. Oh. Good mm-hmm. Lord, yes. And there was yes. some guy standing behind me, and I was so sucked into the game that I didn't even hear him like ask me what I was playing. And so he just says, as I, he thought I was ignoring him. And then all I hear is like, that's a pretty offensive shirt, man. He just walks away. I'm like, what is he talking about? Yeah. It just makes seven up yours. And he didn't even try that, talking to me. <laughs> and that's when you saw Orlando Jones. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. God. That's great. Brilliant commercial. marketing. Good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> well, Rounding out our list, we had Silent Hill 2 and Final mm-hmm. Fantasy X also debuting this year. So it, it was a pretty big year pretty for big some year. big games. And yeah. for the fans of the Final Fantasy series, you know that the 10th was still not the Final Fantasy. Still going. No. Mm-mm. It wouldn't even, I mean, wouldn't even be the, the final story for 10. There'd be Final no. Fantasy 10-2. They would keep going with that one. They would. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that story just never ended. But... <laughs> <laughs> Fortunately, there mm-hmm. is a story that uh, hasn't ended either, but mm-hmm. had a chance to blossom quite a bit because up to this point in time, Grand Theft Auto was really a sleeper. It, yeah. Not, 
not a whole lot of people are really playing this game uh, back in the in the late 90s early 2000s and i mean I, my brothers actually had it in college and that's the only reason why i saw it uh not a game that i played a ton of um mostly because it was an ms dos based game mm-hmm. right um, and it was eventually ported to the PlayStation in the late '90s, so some folks had exposure to it, but, but eh, very nah. few. Yeah, it, it was just a yeah. such a like a niche like corner of the video game market to have played this game. And it was it was kind of like the Grand Theft Auto series. It was one and two were kind of like like, like this weird like cult classic sort of thing, where people who played it seem to have really really liked it. Well. I take that back. There were some people who played it who really, really liked it. Um, a lot of us didn't. And I think it's because of just the awkward nature of the game. It was 2D, which would make you think side-scroller. But you would be thinking wrong because these were mm. bird's-eye view games. And you watched from above. And you can imagine how awkward it is to look at a human being moving from above. So that was just kind of weird seeing your character run around that way. It, it was difficult to play. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, I will say this: the game was still very addictive, even in that form. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I played many hours of that, and it it was fun. It was violent. It was hard to use, but yep. at the same time, it was it was still very enjoyable. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I I would say the first two games pretty much existed so that people could say, "I played that before it was cool." Yes. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> because really, I didn't know anybody who, who played these games, dude. I, mm-hmm. I had I had nobody to share that that experience with other than my brothers. So I I think for, for the, the games that they were, um, they were they were still good, but not nearly as groundbreaking as is what a core team of 23 people would mm-hmm. contribute towards in, in Edinburgh, yes. Scotland, Scotland. Mm-hmm. Yep, yes. also known as Rockstar North. Yes, originally mm-hmm. named DMA Design. Yeah, later rebranded as Rockstar North, mm-hmm. which the Rockstar in the North. And I mean, I guess they don't have anybody <laughs> at the uh, on on the polls, but maybe no. maybe one day. Yeah, I mean, a lot of places have a North, so I mean, it's not too specific with Rockstar North. Um, but. Yeah, this was a game that was also originally thought of for the Dreamcast. So it would have been there with our, our good buddy Seaman. Uh, yes. <laughs> just swimming around and um, <laughs> committing crimes. Yes. The triad mm-hmm. on the map are getting very rowdy. Yeah. <laughs> that, that would have been something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, funny enough. So, yes, it was actually being developed on the Dreamcast, the prototype mm-hmm. version of Grand Theft Auto 3. And. At this point in time, too, they were even bouncing around some ideas for it that would eventually make it to Grand Theft Auto, but not until five, which was a multiplayer experience. Ooh. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's weird to think that Grand Theft Auto and multiplayer didn't exist together at one point in time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but, that you yeah, had to commit your yeah. crimes solo without the help of your friends. <laughs> yeah, you, <laughs> you couldn't share your crime with anybody. You had no, to do it by no, yourself. No, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> So what ends up being interesting for this series, Joe, is that since uh, the first two games weren't widely known, Mm -hmm. the third game was actually conceived to be a return to the first because the setting, which was like this pseudo New York City type of place, Mm -hmm. is what they they took. So Liberty City, which you've probably heard of, 
played obviously in three. Yeah, <laughs> <It> was, <laughs> yeah they mm-hmm. they took the core the core mechanics of that and they went okay let's turn this shit three D and yeah. let, let's see what happens. So I would say mm-hmm. that the results kind of spoke for themselves as to whether or not that idea worked because well by two thousand eight this series had sold fourteen point five million copies and by series I really just mean Grand Theft Auto three. Yeah, so, which I mean to think about like. That's just incredible. The fact that you have a game that's like released in 2001 and people buy it like seven years later, like they just keep coming yeah. back for it, uh, yeah. which is a is a testament to just how how fun and how good this game was. Yeah, which which makes something else interesting, Joe. Mm-hmm. It was originally pitched by Rockstar to Microsoft as an exclusive Ooh. for Xbox, mm-hmm. which they they declined to invest in that idea. Oh, I I think it actually ended up working out pretty good for Rockstar because yes, uh, and they <laughs> yeah. they did get uh, the best selling game of two thousand and one. Which again, when you look at the other games that we talked about that came out that year, these weren't like you know indie games. They were not like first. Uh, well, one of them was the first in a series, and it was Halo. And <laughs> you can see how yeah. wildly successful that that came to be. So for GTA three to beat out all of these other like really good games some that are already is like they're established sequels that yeah that, that fucking says something it just tells us how much we love the the violence and the <laughs> the debauchery the, uh, the crime yes lots of debauchery because you can you can seek out um a lady of the night <laughs> to give you all of your health back um <laughs> yeah it's <laughs> when, when needed mm-hmm. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. And here, here's something I think is worth covering. Well, it has mm-hmm. nothing to do with 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 sex work. <laughs> How, what what Grand Theft Auto Three actually did was mm-hmm. kick off this era of of the franchise, which will break into three parts. So in the beginning, they considered the first and second games plus the spinoffs of those, the first four titles essentially, mm-hmm. as the two D universe Ooh. of Grand Theft Auto. Mm-hmm. Yes. So Grand Theft Auto 3 would kick off officially the aptly named 3D universe, yes. which was, yeah, mm-hmm. ends up including Grand Theft Auto 3, San Andreas, and of course the, the spinoff content in between there. Mm-hmm. And then that brought us to the modern age, which is the HD universe, Joe. Ooh. All right. So Joe, that brings us to kind of that we're in the meaty part of the the Grand Theft Auto sandwich, right in the middle with Grand Theft ah. Auto Three. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, which once again is a major shift. We're going from you know overhead two D style, and now we're living in this this three D and for the time very very smooth and slick looking world. And it's it's honestly uh, interesting how taking these iconic properties and going from two D to three D. Mm-hmm. While, while obviously it doesn't sound that jaw dropping of a concept, <laughs> holy crap, is it such a difference? Mm-hmm. I mean, because yeah, think about it. Like Super Mario did the same thing, and mm-hmm. holy shit, it was like a revolution. Yeah, Mario sixty four was mind blowing uh, compared to Super Mario three. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, even then, ma- like yeah. if if you go even a little further, um, Super Mario Sunshine and Luigi's Mansion, like. Even then, compared to Super Mario 64, this was pretty mind-blowing. Um, but, 
Yeah, it's it's a it's a major major leap and step forward just in the way that like the the game is actually like viewed and seen. But I'd also say that because of switching to this 3D style, we this also solves a very crucial issue that I think both of us had with the 2D universe, and that is actual playability. Because mm-hmm. this game did operate one. I mean, I just operated. Maybe I take it back. It's not that it operated smoother. It was just easier to control and move around, and that will make it easier to enjoy when enjoy when the game just functions better. But on top mm-hmm. of that, when you're not like awkwardly, I wish I could somehow like position myself where you could see the awkward nature of me doing this yeah. running um, in the 2D universe, and you just see hands like moving back and forth and legs going yeah. back and forth. Um, yeah, that awkwardness is <laughs> is now gone. So you're not taken out of the game when you're watching the character run. <laughs> Which yes, I I am now reminded of of how late '90s gaming really was on a PC. <laughs> not all of it was wonderful, <laughs> but but this this really was. And one of the things that I I distinctly remember looking back to the PS2 because that's what I played it on predominantly was how the DVD was essentially new technology we had more space to work with and the these gaming consoles had more processing power which i laughably say that more processing power (laughs) but this game only actually had Mm -hmm. 32 gigs of ram to work with which (sighs) the computer that i'm talking to you on right now (laughs) has double that but that's okay Mm -hmm. you know things things change (laughs) over time oh my gosh (laughs) But yes, yep. it, it led mm-hmm. to a, a a smoother experience, quote unquote. And it, I I know we're spending a lot of time on like the era here, but seriously, the DVD. I mean, yeah, we'd seen CV, CDs before, but mm-hmm. you had this like this dark blue game disc, and it just it felt alien <laughs> to hold it, you know. And mm-hmm. you're looking at this thing like I don't understand you, but you look amazing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was a game changer. I mean. Going to that that PlayStation 2, Xbox, and GameCube era was just a massive leap. It felt like a massive leap forward in technology. Even when, like, you look comparatively upon, um, like, the PlayStation, the Nintendo 64, compared to, like, the Super Nintendo before that, yeah, that was a pretty sizable jump in what was what was around. But this, for some reason, just felt smoother and crisper and because of that more real as opposed to just 3d and made Mm -hmm. it just an incredible gaming experience which if you go back and look at this stuff now you will think i'm on drugs when i say it's a more realistic gaming experience but it is vastly different when you grow up at the time with the previous graphics as someone who like you know, owned a Super Nintendo and a Nintendo 64 when they were brand new and, you know, a PlayStation when it was brand new and a PlayStation 2 when it was brand new. This was a huge leap forward in graphics. Not only just a leap forward in graphics, but it's a leap forward in actually just voice acting because now now that we've got so much more space to work with, Mm -hmm. games are suddenly having much more fleshed out voiceover Whereas we're not just having, you know, one main character who says three or four words and then that actor is in all of the marketing for it. Mm-hmm. No, we, we've got fully fleshed out characters doing fully fleshed out things. And I want to read a few of the actors from this game 
who are, who are still relevant, still with us. Mm-hmm. So we have Joe Pantoliano, who, for those of you who remember Cypher from The Matrix, he ends up playing a, an NPC that you actually engage with quite a bit in the beginning. Um, we have Michael Madsen of Reservoir Dogs, uh, mm-hmm. who famously cut off a police officer's ear. <laughs> I mean, he had it coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, we've got Michael Rappaport, who those of you who are like big sports fans, this say, is yeah. a mm-hmm. c- comedian, actor, slash sports enthusiast and commentator. Um, we have Kyle McCaughlin McCau- uh, from friggin' uh, Twin Peaks is in this. <laughs> and and then for those of you who have seen Big with Tom Hanks and or have seen Family Guy, who makes fun of this actor, we have Robert Loja uh, also appear in this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, there there's some pretty solid voice acting talent that's in this game, which for the time, yeah. Yeah, that was, was kind of rare. That's rare. That's quite the budget they put into just voice acting. Yeah. I mean, you, you know me, Joe. I'm, I'm on that very thin line where mm-hmm. I don't like to even say the voice, just drop voice off and just say actor because the, the performances for video games, mm-hmm. I think, were obviously got better. We've, we've kind of talked about this a little bit when we had – uh, Carlos Farrow on last year on this on this program as well to talk through the the evolution of like acting performances in games. Mm-hmm. And while this doesn't necessarily get anywhere near that peak of like late two thousands acting, it was it was definitely enough to sell the game. Definitely enough to sell the experience. And I gotta say, Joe, uh, <laughs> Joe Pantoliano, his his like selling of of his uh northeastern accent he doesn't Mm -hmm. always turn it on but he he really turned it on for this game and it works for him so i i really appreciated Mm -hmm. that it like the immersion factor was there yeah and what's actually kind of makes this fun is when you have such a great cast like this um maybe fun is the right word but ironic that the hero or the protagonist of the story is silent and (laughs) does doesn't say a whole word but then when you are one man alone betrayed by the girlfriend he loves mm-hmm. you don't have to say anything you're just silent the whole time Mm-mm. yeah he, he doesn't say a damn thing and, and i i think it's actually kind of funny how the game addresses this because every time a quote-unquote conversation happens it's either completely one-sided or in the case of when our main character's name is Claude, mm-hmm. when, when he meets uh, the, like the, the Don of the like Italian mafia in this city, it's, I laughed because I remembered this when I was playing it the first time he like singles out Claude when he's like meeting all of the, the mobsters and he goes, yeah, just hold on a second. I'm going to talk to a new boy here. And then they kind of walk off to the side they say nothing and then it pans out and then it, sh- it shifts to the next scene. And I'm like, of course he's not going to say anything to him. He yep. can't talk. Like, <laughs> so, <laughs> so like, yeah, that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, he, I, yeah, exactly. he's not even like a, uh, um, <laughs> like a, like a hot fuzz scenario where he's a, he's a yarp and narp kind of guy. Now you don't even get one or two words out of him. Just, just quiet. The whole time, no. Even even if you like, like you know, like even like Legend of Zelda, Link at least makes some visceral noises. That he has, like, yeah. ah, huh? ah, yeah. ah. <laughs> like, but like the conversations are out of the question with him. No, no, no. Um, Claude gives you nothing, and 
this could be a limitation of the time period. I, I do want to, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to rag on it too much, but at the same time, this was a game where like facial movements weren't really possible for a lot mm-hmm. of the characters. And so you didn't actually see real movement. You ended up typically seeing like texture stretches and stuff to, yeah. to show this stuff off. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can, I can understand the limitation of doing that. It's, it is funny to look back on though, because <laughs> even, even though you mentioned he's, in the very beginning of the game, Claude is is helping with his bank robbery. He's like a wheel man and a mm-hmm. you know solid like low level mobster guy. And his girlfriend betrays him on this bank robbery. And when she like holds the gun up to him, the technology can't really convey his emotions. So he doesn't even like his jaw doesn't even drop. He he just sees it, just, and then you see the the gunshot. That's there. it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's just just yeah. standing there. Yeah, and even like does, when you when you yeah. mentioned that like yeah you get like texture stretches to convey emotion and facial movement in this, um, there are a lot of games in this time that don't even, that don't even do that. Typically, the face yeah. is just there, and you will see like them just move around, and that's yeah. that, that's really all you get. Um, every once in a while, they'll make it so that they it's a it's a quick change, and like the eyes are suddenly different; they're bigger and they're wider, then they go back to normal. But it's yeah. a very, it's a, they're like, like <laughs> facial jump cuts is probably the best way to put uh, what, what you see happen here. Mm-hmm. Which, which is why I think you see less reliance on those mechanics and, and just more reliance mm-hmm. on, on the basic things that we're going to do in this game, which is openly explore a massive, you know, sandbox, open world, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it. And this was one of the first games that I played where immersion did feel possible because of how large the game is yeah and before we even get into like what makes up the the gameplay mechanics for me dropping into the world of liberty city aka gta3 was really easy because there's a lot of stuff that they did that has nothing to do with gameplay here mm-hmm. like the radio stations oh the, yep mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the, the yeah the advertisements the uh even the stuff that the people on the streets the non the, the npcs like their conversations the stuff that people are just saying that's what really elevated this game from you know a, a simple over the top view mm-hmm. to something that you actually feel like you you're living in right yeah and mm-hmm. and yeah the radio stations for me is probably the biggest part and yeah. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll ask you that about that because I I'll I have some commentary that I'll save, but yeah, interested to hear your thoughts. I would agree because when you think like like radio stations, like well, I mean they've done this in other games. Like you could be playing like Cruise in USA, and you can change the radio of your car, and which is true. But when you in those games, typically what that involves is like it's literally just basically changing the song that you're listening to. Um, yeah. You can go from like rock to country or a few other things. And like, that's all fine and good. But this game actually went the distance. And instead of just having it so that, oh, you're, you're changing the music. No, there are different DJs on different stations talking about different things. You get advertisements yeah. that are playing. Uh, and I feel like you would have to play this game for hours and sometimes days to start getting overlap in some like the DJ commentary and advertisements that you're getting. That's yes. how great this feature is. It legitimately <laughs> felt like you were in your car driving around listening to the radio. And it was yeah. such a such a brilliantly simple way to immerse you in like 
the game and make it feel like you're driving a car, despite the fact that you're doing it with a controller instead of a steering wheel. It, it was it was so contextual as well because there there were some stations as you mentioned that are like talk radio. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some that are like alternative music. Some of it was country. You know, every single station had something different going on with it. And this is where we get introduced to uh, Laszlo Jones. So he he's the guy who you know he's he's on Chatterbox the. Uh, whatever you want to call that station. It's like, mm-hmm. it's like talk radio, but it's also uh, kind of like an NPR ish type of show. Yeah. And, and, and Laszlo Jones would end up going on to continue being a, a producer for the game, uh, whether it was recording lines or developing the NPC chatter, which he was a big part of. Mm-hmm. And he would even become a character later on in the games too, like outside of just his, his radio persona. So like, he he was a very integral part to this, but what really truly immersed me in this, and this was very unique to Grand Theft Auto at this point in time, even the commercials had websites, right? <laughs> oh my God, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So so like when you're listening to an ad for petsovernight.com, you could go to petsovernight.com and there'd be <laughs> a shitty little page for it, right? Mm-hmm. And it would be a shitty little page because this was the early 2000s. The pages were not <laughs> were not great. <laughs> no, no, they, they they weren't. But at the same time, we were impressed by that kind of stuff mm-hmm. back then, right? So yeah, the idea of petsovernight.com. Uh, there was uh, Liberty City Survivor. If you, if you remember that advertisement, <laughs> where mm-hmm. this this guy said that uh, you know I was just I was just sitting there watching TV and suddenly. These guys just barreled through my window. And he goes, and I was so excited, I didn't even realize I'd been hit. Now I listen, uh, now I watch Liberty City Survivor every day from the hospital. And, and, and so. Oh my God. So, as we mentioned, Rockstar North is based in Edinburgh, Scotland, right? Well, those little things that we just talked about are a, a big influence came from Rockstar, who was based in New York City at that point mm-hmm. in time. So you could really tell that they were working in tandem with them to not only like hit the culture stuff correctly here, like the the vibe of a New York City, yeah, but then its own personality with all this stuff. Like mm-hmm. it, it seriously, it felt like a tangible thing when you put all this together. Mm-hmm. So I oh. I knew I was going to get get real interested <laughs> about the radio. <laughs> yep. Now, on top of that, you're looking at like actual like other game mechanics. Like you've got um, one obviously like you're going to be shooting things because it's Grand Theft Auto. You can't just steal a car uh, with that. Actually, you know what? Uh, I take that back because I believe the quote is: "Any damn fool can stick a gun at somebody to steal a car." Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it, which. On the topic of mechanics, now, for those who have actually gone back and or maybe want to go play the Definitive Edition, which is available on current gen, there are some things about this game that that are very different if you play another GTA game. Mm-hmm. Like, we're talking as simple as, like, shooting tires out of cars. You can't do that yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> shooting the windows out of the cars to, like, get headshots on people. Can't do that yet. You can't do that either. You know, mm-hmm. you can't swim. <laughs> You, you, I mean, you just get to shoot the car enough until it starts on fire. That's correct. <laughs> that's all it can correct. do. Which still yeah. pretty great. 
pretty great yeah. for the time. <laughs> I, I definitely was not complaining. Mm-hmm. Uh, no. That's for sure. So mm-hmm. I, I think for, for me, I was just impressed by the fact that you could actually walk into some buildings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that yeah. Was, that that's was, huge, that though. That's still a mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, because mo- most open world games around this era couldn't support that. So if you mm-hmm. if you walked into a place, you felt like you're getting away with something. Like, oh my god, what, what is I this? Mean, what, what I mean, that's the hell. Here? Like, they're even like large open world games like a generation later that can't support that. Um, yeah, I mean, you look at like Assassin's Creed. Sure, you can. I mean, yeah. there are obviously like there are some things that you can go in, but like a lot of like the general like areas around like Rome and. Like a CC, not a CC, but like Rome and Florence and a few other places. Like, no, like there are specific things you can go in. Like, you can go into the Assassin's Dens, you can go into like Ezio's home. Um, but it, like, it wasn't like Assassin's Creed 3 that you could randomly go through like buildings that were just in the map. Um, so, being able to do that in the PlayStation 2 world is pretty huge. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, it, like I said, it felt like a perk. <laughs> it, mm-hmm. it, it, it and still felt fresh and new, which a, as we talk about Grand Theft Auto 3, just like with any other game, we don't like to give away everything. No, but in, in terms of a game's pacing, I, I want to spend a moment there because mm-hmm. a lot of the retro review games that we've we've talked about they're they're pretty linear games like the majority of them have been we we've surprisingly only gotten into a couple uh open world games but not a ton mm-hmm. and so grand theft auto 3 uh believe it or not kind of forced you to have to explore the parts of its world and there's three areas that are all kind of landlocked from each other and they did this on purpose because they kind of forced you to go through certain aspects of the story to get through each mm-hmm. one and then you move to the next one and you can freely go back and forth after oh, that yeah. stage. But hey, when you, when but, you make a yeah. big game like this, you want people to explore and see all the hard work you put into it. So, hey, yeah, no problem. Make me play the game. <laughs> Which <laughs> it's mm-hmm. still that era where I feel like I would let a video game developer tell me that rather than just say, here are the trophies, get said trophies, mm-hmm. move on to the next game. Yep. And this this was one of those games that I I I don't know I say it's the last one that I played without any kind of guides mm-hmm. but really this was a game that I actually did explore because I had no choice and yeah. and that even comes down to things like the taxi mini game that you have where you jump mm-hmm. into a taxi and then you can toggle it and actually take fares right <laughs> the, <laughs> the, the, there's actually hidden stuff going on throughout this mm-hmm. game that they don't actually advertise to you. So the same goes for uh, getting into like the fire trucks, for example, and then having to go through and put out a bunch of fires and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So it, for, for a game of this era, um, I would say nowadays, if you put a hidden feature like that in the game, somebody's probably going to go like, why did you make that choice? <laughs> but, <laughs> mm-hmm. but back then it was like, holy crap, there's stuff to find here. Right. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I, I actually like that part of it. I don't know about you. I, I agree. And in, in, in a pre DLC world, um, being having having to like really explore to find every feature of the game and find everything that you can, I think it's great. Um, when it comes to things in this game, um, I would say like as a as a disclaimer, like I never finished the main story of this game. 
because it got <laughs> caught up in just like enjoying being in the world and exploring and doing things, um, specifically messing with people and trying to get my want yeah. level as high as I possibly could. And then to see um, <laughs> if I could successfully evade the police and reset my reset my level. Um, that's something my brother and I enjoy doing quite a bit. Um, <laughs> and I believe this is also I'm trying to remember, like in this game, like you could, you could do like, you could still do codes on the start screen to get, um, oh. like different weapons and different things, I believe. Right. You could do codes in game. Actually. In game. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So you could actually do games to clear your wanted ratings, get all mm -hmm. the weapons. Uh, what I actually would do right away. So there were obviously collectibles in a lot of these games. Mm -hmm. This one had the hidden package, right? Which just looked like a like a drug drop. It looked like a kilo of cocaine, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> just sitting out in the middle of nowhere. And I found one of these without even really knowing what they were. But once once you picked them up, you would actually be able to get a new weapon at your hideout every time you got ten of them. Ooh. So so like it, while it's not perfect in mm -hmm. the hidden content side of it. Rockstar still did a good amount to reward you for exploring rather than just make you explore because we put something here, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. A plague of many modern games, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Um, like, as much as I love Arkham, um, like, the Riddler trophies were just a pain in the ass. Like, oh, my God. Like, I get it. I've, I've, I, I catch the Riddler if I get all of the trophies. But, God damn it. Like, do we have to do it in every single game? <laughs> Yeah, I know. Mm -hmm. Here we go again. And it's nice to have a game with, you know, under 300 types of collectibles, mm -hmm. right? And and so this is this is from that era yet, Joe, where we weren't inundated with all these flashy, fun things to go find. No. Mm -mm. <sighs> nope, anyway. nope. Just that and a and a story that I mean again, I guess like I'd like to hear your opinion on the stories because and the story in this game because I know I definitely like while I say I got distracted with just kind of general mayhem, I know there are times where like I did feel like I was basically just a gopher in the game and I was just going <laughs> and fetching and getting things, just going for things for them, uh, for my, for my mob bosses as it were. So what did you think about the story in this game? Well, in general, the, the way that the plot and then the storytelling devices work, a lot of it is a to B and a good amount of it is, go here, kill this, go here, kill this, uh, go here without the guise of having to kill something. And then suddenly <laughs> plot twist, you have to kill something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of that. The, the very beginning of the game is, is definitely like fetch quest heaven and, you know, just learn how to drive and drop people off and pick them up. It's like, okay, mm -hmm. fine. Uh, I, now I'm not going to say I'm innocent of doing the things that you were doing with this game. A lot of people <laughs> did that. Mm -hmm. It was like just let's just let's just let's, get in there and see what happens. Yeah, let's just cause know? a ruckus. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, let's yeah, exactly. But um no, I actually did I, I played this game multiple times over. And what I like about it is that it does escalate in good ways. Mm -hmm. Now there are some twists and turns that kind of happen throughout it, which I won't I won't ruin because it's affordable and some people surprisingly have not played this. They, they got on the train at like either San Andreas or four mm -hmm. or five. And that's where we've, we've been for a while. So some folks haven't played it. Um, but I, I will say this, whenever you get organized crime involved in a plot, you know, there's going to be some backstabbing. 
you know there's going to be some people who quote unquote die off screen and then show up again later. <laughs> so that stuff is definitely present here. But mm -hmm. what I once again want to give a call out to is that there is this underlying story that's going on that does take about halfway through the game to come forward. And if you do pay close attention to the radio stations and some of the interviews that they do, you will pick up on that context. So got to give kudos to a game that's over two decades old. Mm -hmm. And they, and, and I'm, I'm telling you there is that ability to do storytelling this way was still possible that many generations back. So I, I do want to give them a, a hat tip for that. But I'm not going to because my headphones will fall off and then make a lot of noise. <laughs> mm -hmm. So yeah, that absolutely. And I think that brings us to the almighty review time. Yes, yes, it does. Mm -hmm. Yes. So in honor of our most popular collectible from Grand Theft Auto 3, we are going to do our rating scale out of a possible five hidden packages. <laughs> now, Joe, <laughs> mm -hmm. as we begin for graphics. What do you want to give for that score? I know I just praised the graphics on this pretty heavily um, because they, they were, I, I mean, nothing should have groundbreaking for the time and definitely gave us like the most realistic feeling video game that we've, we've played before that uh, I played before this. So I, I, I can't say they're perfect though. I feel like I remember there were times where like, because of like, you know, the absolute size of the game. And when you are really trying to fly around Liberty Liberty, uh, Liberty city in hot pursuit in your similar to, but distinctively different, definitely not a, <laughs> um, uh, a Ford Mustang. Um, you would have issues of the game rendering a little slow and you get a, you get, you get some just odd blocks here and there. So because of that, I'm going to bring this down to just a four out of five hidden packages. So I'm going to agree with you somewhat here because mm -hmm. yes, it was groundbreaking. Yes. I played hundreds of hours of this game but we're not rating it based off of the definitive edition, mm -hmm. which came out later, which wasn't a perfect game by any means either when they, when they kind of did all these revisions. But when I originally played this game, I thought the graphics were very, very good. I mean, like when I look back at the, the N64 and like perfect dark, for example, you know, perfect dark was very good looking game for the time. Mm -hmm. But when I compare it to the PS2, which is what this was on, I'm like, yeah, PS2 clearly has the edge here, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, even then, I when I when I look back at playing that and and similar games at the time, talking like Final Fantasy X, which gorgeous game, mm -hmm. I, I would say Grand Theft Auto Three even looks better than Halo did in its debut. So it, yeah, there were some issues I would say with just the sheer amount of stuff that was in a screen at one point in time. Um, and so, yeah, it, it did struggle occasionally. So I, I will agree with that. I think a four out of, you know, five possible hidden packages is accurate here. I think it's fair. Yeah. That's a fair, yeah. it's a fair score. It's a fine score. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 now, now for mm -hmm. gameplay though, that does tie directly into this because when you do have a, a questionable, 
uh, amount of processing power. <laughs> Gameplay can mm-hmm. get pretty shitty at times during yeah. this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no matter what iteration of it you're playing. And what what I least look forward to, Joe, because I'm just not a fan, is when uh, like sandbox games like this have a racing component to them. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. They're always half-baked. And one of the things about Grand Theft Auto games that I still do not like to this day is when you're just driving around the city and you're trying to go somewhere fast and they build logic into it that causes almost every car to hit you on the way. Yes. <laughs> They, it's frustrating. They, <laughs> God, mm-hmm. this was such a headbanger, even in this day and age, uh, mm-hmm. because there would be random times where people would get into a car that they weren't originally driving, and then they just keep ramming into you. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't know how to explain it. I don't know why it happens. It it just did. Like, there would be a time where I wasn't even, like, hurting anyone. I'm just driving around, like, minding my own business. I get out of my car, and suddenly I'm being run down by someone. Yep. No reason why <laughs> mm-hmm. it was just happening. Um, now, another thing from the gameplay that I, I will dock a few points on is the actual cursor to use when you're firing at people. the The cursor would like automatically fixate on something, but if you were trying to do like precision shots, like a headshot or something, mm-hmm. none of it really mattered. But it would always take me out of it when it would auto aim at someone. And I'm always going for headshots and like, you know, kneecaps and stuff, right? I'm always going for that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The cursor did not really benefit you to do that kind of play because headshots, frankly, didn't even really matter. It was just shoot the blob and the blob falls over, right? Mm -hmm. So because of that, the gameplay at times, a little bit questionable for me. So I'm also going to give it a 4.0 out of 5 on this one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean... I mean, mirroring that, like, definitely, yeah, I remember, like, wanting to really like the racing part of it because, again, like, I do do love me a good racing game. Uh, so when you get to take that and put it into this style of game, you would hope it would be fun. And then it just wasn't fun <laughs> when you had to do <laughs> them. Uh, but when I look at, like, what I did do with the game, um, again, like, raising my one level and seeing how how long it could get before, like, the uh, the cops would just absolutely destroy the car I was in and and be able to move on. Like, when I did that, like, that made sense. And normally, when you look at how everything else works with this, yeah, the shooting mechanic wasn't great, but uh, I feel like when you were in a car, the car did do exactly what you wanted to do when you did it. And what I also really appreciated is then is again, like being like a car person. Uh, I do like that different cars did handle differently and they made that come out really well in this game. You could get like high end European sports cars that were just incredible at everything. They accelerated fast. They handled quickly, or you could steal a family sedan, which did none of those (laughs) things. Well, or you could steal like an American sports car, which shot off really well in a straight line, but then had crazy Mm. amounts of, of, of understeer of oversteer to it. So because of like, that part of it it kind of helped me overlook some of the shortcomings of the game uh so with this i would actually give the gameplay four and a half out of five hidden packages Alrighty then well that brings us to replay value which has made or break or break it or made or break in <laughs> made or break <laughs> made or break it yes yes <laughs> Words aren't working tonight. <laughs> yeah, what do you think about replay value, mm-hmm. man? 
This is one where it's, it's I feel like it's a uh, it's a rough category for me because again, never beat the game, <laughs> but it didn't keep me from playing it, enjoying it quite a bit. So this is where I think I I do have to kind of like actually like ne- like I don't know, negate my personal feeling on it where like I did love just firing at the PlayStation causing general mayhem and doing that for hours on end and then putting it away um i have to negate that because again never actually beat the game i didn't do everything that the developers and the designers wanted me to because it i lost interest in doing that so because of the um i don't know feel like like one um sided nature of 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 the actual storyline i just gave up on it kind of like even like the first assassin's creed game where like oh how many eavesdrop i have to do an eavesdrop mission and a pickpocket mission for every single main mission it's like why do all these things have to be done every single time it was kind of the same thing here drive here do Mm. that kill person drive away it just got monotonous to me so because I'm going to say like I could I could even now feel like I could play this game just cause mayhem and see how long I can I can last to get rid of the wanted level for said mayhem and enjoy that I still don't think I could actually go back and want to finish the game and that has to really hurt my score. So this is going to go down to a you know what a 3.25 for replay ability oh, on wow. me. Uh hidden packages. Wow. Yeah. See, now I'm going the complete opposite way because mm-hmm. the the things that brought you back to this game, Joe, that was the replay value for the majority of people that I knew who played it. Like mm-hmm. we we'd already beaten the game, you know, we had already played it for X amount of hours. But what kept us coming back were all these little things that they included in it, which nowadays can feel like you know close enough or we've developed the, the game and now we're just going to slap this thing in the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the idea of like chasing down and like doing like vigilante hunts and taking out VIP targets as a side game. That was actually really fun. Like that's, that's the stuff that we saved for after the mm-hmm. game. And it was, it was fun to do that. As you mentioned, playing into the wanted rating and trying to do as much as you could before someone tracked you down. But I mean, there, there was a lot of stuff that was there that had nothing to do with the main storyline and you could find it or not. Like it, there was nothing that drove you towards it. You had to explore to get there. Um, so for me, I'm going to actually go the complete other way because Ooh. this, this game was one that we, frankly, we could get through the story in like 10 hours mm-hmm. and everything beyond that was strictly replay value based right? We wouldn't have been coming back to this if we didn't love it. And that's why it's going to be a 5.0 for me, man. I mean, that's fair. Mm-hmm. H- hundreds of hours spent in a room playing this game and a very small amount was even the storyline. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was, it was everything else going on. Um, mm-hmm. Now, as far as the, the backbreaking nature that the music has played in our, our retro reviews, this is a game where I am going to, not really base it off of like the score of the game. Uh, This is a game that has, you know, fine ambient music and and stuff that goes, goes along with it. But Mm -hmm. as we talked about here, there is a ton of original music on these radio stations that my brother and I were like singing to ourselves back in the day. And we knew that nobody else knew these songs, Mm -hmm. right? 
but it it was so immersive and the music felt so appropriate for the stations you're listening to that seriously it felt like its own world and and so the the music was so varied I, I can't even imagine how much it would cost a game to do a similar effort oh, these days. God, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the creativity of the music, really just what they were doing with the radio stations at that point in time, I, I'm going to give it a 5.0, Joe. It, it gets a perfect score for me. Yeah. And I, I'm not even going to like try and build suspense. It's the same for me. Um, it's five <laughs> in packages out of five for the, for literally the exact same reason, because when we say how like, like the music, um, can really be integral in like pulling you into the game and getting you in the spirit of things. Um, it's exactly what the radio did. Um, while, like you said, like there's ambient music and then whenever like you're introduced to like a task or something, or like you you've got a cut scene, there's, there's a score there and that is nothing to write home about, but it's also not bad. Like it's not like yeah. it's taking you out of it at, at any point in time. Um, but again, like, when you're in a car and you've got the radio playing, it feels like you're in your car and you have the radio playing. And because <laughs> it does that so well, it does make you feel like you are in on the actual mayhem and the playing of the game. And it draws you in perfectly. And because of that, like you have to give it a perfect score here. For me, Joe, the, the feeling is actually quite simple. When I went back and played the definitive edition of three, when they remastered it for the mm-hmm. second time, uh, just like a year and a half ago, that opening title screen, and I'm not even talking about like when you get to the screen to start a new game, I just mean the little montage that plays that kind of goes through some of the characters that you, some of them you never actually get names to. Yeah. But like mm-hmm. it does that little whole painting sequence where it kind of shows you Liberty City and you you can see all these people weaving in and out of it. The music that plays during that sequence, as soon as it began, when I loaded up Definitive, Suddenly, I'm just like doing that whole like you know the leaning back in your chair, just going oh <laughs> yes, and and I mean yes, that's nostalgia, you know. But like that's what the music of this game can do to somebody. I'm sure if it did it for me, it's gonna do it to somebody else. But yes, it's it there. There are iconic pieces of the music from this game that mm-hmm. some may recognize by name. I doubt the majority will, but I mean that's that's what the title did for me we're not even talking gameplay like it's just the 30 second intro (laughs) and that that music still lives on in my heart Mm -hmm. so well based off of that joe the final tally is actually a little surprising because our last retro review was super mario rpg Mm -hmm. and we actually gave that an 87 percent so one of the score. greatest, mm-hmm. yeah, one of the greatest RPGs of all time. Grand Theft Auto Three also comes in at eighty-seven percent. Ooh, so just throwing 30, bees out yeah. left and right to people. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Thirty-four point seven five hidden packages out of a possible forty. And all right, I think that's a very fair rating for this game. I think so too. I mean. Not a perfect game by any means, but it's good. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> pretty damn good, lads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would say so. I mean, th- this is one of those games that when you when you think back about it, I, I don't think there are many people who are going to have like an Assassin's Creed Unity experience like you did, mm-hmm. right? Like the majority of people that that were there when this game 
was like hot off the shelves and just came out. I think we have a shared, like a mutual shared experience. And I, I even when we talked about covering it, I think you and I both kind of did the same thing. We we're like, yeah, this is going to feel good. That's mm -hmm. yeah. That's, that's the good nostalgia. That's the stuff my, <laughs> you know, I don't talk mm -hmm. to a counselor about this part. This is good. Mm -hmm. we, this gets the jellies going. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And so if anything, I hope that if you are listening folks out there, the, the gamers that, that come in and tune into these, we're, we're interested to hear what you think about this, but we also mm -hmm. hope that you, you experience the same thing. If yeah. not, Still tell us. We'll, we'll listen. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, but hey, with that, we do thank you for listening to Digital Dissection. And as always, we appreciate everything the Dissection crew does for us week after week. Your support does go a very long way. And if you happen upon this show by accident, why not drop us a review, comment on the show, let us know what you think. We have thick hides at this point. We've been doing it for a while, so you can't mm -hmm. really hurt us at this point. No. Well, mm -hmm. maybe a little. <laughs> yeah, I mean, feelings can be hurt. And if you are going to hurt those feelings, you should direct them to our, e our email, which is checked every once in a while. Uh, and that is at digitaldissectionpodcast at gmail.com. And, you know, follow us on all the other social medias that, uh, that we have. And, you know, find us on any podcasting platform because we're on all of them. Exactly. And honestly, if you have any ideas for future shows as well, Feel free to let us know what you think. Mm -hmm. I mean, we might consider it. We're not. Yeah, we're not yeah, trying we to keep it all to ourselves here. <laughs> <laughs> but until next time, folks, keep on dissecting. <laughs>